Welcome back to Bears on Tap, a podcast about the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Lucas Perfetti. You could follow me on Twitter at LucasPerfetti46 with a C. You can also follow us on Twitter at Bears on Tap, all one word. Um, we have Aaron Parpart and Brandon Suarez coming on. You could follow Aaron at Premier Amp. And you could follow Brandon Suarez at Beat on 300. Okay. Today, uh, we have in store for you, we're going to talk a little bit about Kobe Bryant, but then for the most part, we are doing a pass or play on all of the free agents that the Chicago Bears, um, you know, contracts are set to expire. But without further ado, before we get this started, I'm going to do a quick ad read and we'll get rolling. Thrive Fantasy is a new, cool, and tough DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of 20 prop bets plus two ICE picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games, which to me, that's by far the best feature of this app. Each unique prop bet has an over-under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if the prop is correct. For example, will Tom Brady throw for over or under 250 yards? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you selected. Use the promo code ONTAP, no spaces, and once you deposit your first $10, Thrive's going to go ahead and throw you an additional 10 so grab a beer and hashtag crack them and enjoy a more convenient way to play DFS. Okay, so obviously we had tragic news this past Sunday, just a week ago. Kobe Bryant passed away in a helicopter accident with his daughter. There was a ton of people, nine people actually involved. Everyone lost uh, part of their family. I know for me, Kobe Bryant was Michael Jordan reincarnated. And as someone who's only... 29 years old, born in 1991. You know, I only got to see, I, I only have vivid memories of watching, you know, the last finals, maybe the second to last finals. I don't, I didn't really watch and understand sports the way I do now. So getting to see Kobe Bryant and then you see, you know, someone made that mashup video a long time ago of when Michael Jordan pivots and then Kobe Bryant's finishing the shot and just kind of like how he modeled his game after him. And I didn't really think, I was going to be affected that greatly by it. It just, for some reason, I just was down in the dumps, like big time. And I think it all just kind of came together because it's like a real life Superman that passed away and in, in a tragic way. And you didn't think, you didn't think that was in store for him. You didn't think that was in store for his daughter. You know, everyone 
you had a ton of radio hosts talking about how they never met the man and they cried about it and, you know, how it was actually okay. You know, everyone was like, hey, this is actually a normal reaction for everybody. But I just wanted to get, you know, your guys' thoughts on what happened and, and how it affected you. Yeah, and if you don't mind, I'm going to take the floor on this one first. But Sunday, um, you know, I got the news. Kobe Bryant, for me growing up, similar to you, Lucas, was my hero. He was everything. He, you know... A lot of guys talked about how Kobe Bryant taught them things off the court while he was on the court. This man, in and of his own, literally guided me through any sport that I went through as a kid. So I was never the biggest. I was never the fastest, the tallest, the strongest. None of that. That didn't matter. One of the quotes that I took away from everything that came out after he passed was, live every single day like you're the 12th man on the bench. You got to be the hardest worker in the room. First one there, last one to leave. That Mamba mentality is something that will stick with me forever. And the difference with watching Kobe Bryant and watching some of these modern-day athletes, depending, you know, it doesn't matter what sport it is, is he'll go out and cut your throat, take your family's lunch money, do all that, do whatever he needs to do to go win the game. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't care. He takes no, you know, he he does not have any regard for human life when he's out there on the court. He's trying to snatch your ankles up, hit a fadeaway in front of you, all that. Lucas, you brought up the mashup video. The similarities are so striking. And it's crazy to think that, you know, they played that similar for so many years. It would have been wild to see if they played in this in the or in the same time while they were both in their prime. But the one thing that, you know, really came out after Kobe passed uh, was, you know, his his second life, his rebirth. He was able to, you know, find his way as an entrepreneur, as a filmmaker, as a father. And he touched so many people. You guys, you know, you brought up he brought many media members to tears after the fact, even if they didn't mean, you know, if, if they never met him. I was one of those people. It literally took the wind out of me right where I was standing. I did not want to believe it. TMZ was not, you know, I, I we, we can get into the whole way the media handled that whole day on another episode. But, I mean, you know, TMZ breaking it before anybody in the families know what actually happened, completely classless. And a lot of people should have lost their jobs after that day. Yeah. And honestly, like, I think there was three false reports at first, you know, I heard it was the whole family. And I remember I had the same kind of disbelief. You know, my friend texted me. I woke up, I took a nap in the middle of the day. It's Sunday. Don't bother me. But I woke up to a text saying Kobe Bryant just died. And I'm like, there's no chance. You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't. And then I turn on the TV and it's like CNN, NBC, everybody's covering it. So I'm like, holy shit, like this is for real. Um, definitely. I was the same way. I was really down in the dumps for a few days. I definitely was brought to tears, um, which I did not expect or anticipate, but no, you're right. Like there was, yeah, they just started flowing, bro. Like it was natural. It wasn't forced. None of that shit. It was the crit. Like I've never cried over an athlete. I was a huge Sean Taylor fan too. Like that one, I mean, yeah, I was probably like 13 when that happened, but this that one, one hit me. That yeah, you know what I'm saying, Aaron. Like, I can go. I can go upstairs. I can grab that jersey of his if you want me to. I got both of them in my closet, bro. I literally texted my girlfriend Sunday and I go, "The next time you ever tell me sports don't matter, I want you to remember today because people like this have an impact on so many people's lives. 
many of which they've never met. I, you know, I didn't even get to see the man play live. I'm kicking myself right now in my apartment for the days that I was like, oh, maybe I should go see them when they play the Lakers, but the tickets are too damn expensive. And now so, I'm like, fuck. I'll hit three topics in regards to the whole uh, way everything broke. I understand everybody's point and, you know, and stuff like that. Um, do I agree with them being the ones to break it? No, but um, the truth of the matter is he's a sports icon. He's a sports legend. Unfortunately, that's how things happen. Um, you know, in, in that world, I remember somebody, I can't remember what athlete it was, talked about uh, that same day about how the news broke to him and stuff like that or whatever it was, or it got Rick's, out to everybody. Probably Rick was, Fox, right? No, it wasn't Rick Fox. I think it was actually Richard Jefferson. I, I can't, I don't quote me on that one, but talking about his own dad passing and then more people found out of it because TMZ broke it. And it's like, unfortunately, that's the world we live in. My issue was all these other media sources reporting the incorrect things. Um, I don't. Well, that's what's despicable, seen, right? That's what's right. like, yeah. like Rick Fox, like you said, this guy's sitting in his house and he's seeing tweets about him dying. And it's like, wait a second, that's not the truth. It was all these other sources that were wrong. Um, I don't remember TMZ. The only thing I remember from TMZ was was about Kobe. I don't remember them putting anything else out. I could be entirely wrong because, like, for like you guys said, um, it was just a whirlwind of a day. Um, now, f for me, I'm not going to sit here and try and say to people that, like, oh, my God, this affected me. I was a huge Kobe fan. I respect the man for his game. Um, I respect everything he's done for it. Um, now, with me, there's the, the last thing I really have to tie in with this is exactly kind of what Brandon was saying was it, the sports bring people together and sports takes you away. They said this, I think, during um, the ceremony on Friday where sports is a is a thing that brings people together and takes you away from the troubles that you may or may not be having in your life to have a good time. And that's what a lot of people are able to, you know, to see and stuff like that. Um and where that ties in with how everybody's like, you know, I, I see this mentality now. I want to have this, you know, you live life because you never know when things are going to happen. I have a good buddy that also does a lot of stuff with us. Everybody knows him as Buzz. I'll tell you this. Um, quick story off the hip here is we had a friend we worked with die at work. And I always take into account something he said to me years ago before it happened was he always lived life to the fullest. I've taken that mentality from the day he passed away and then hearing it again just makes it go, man, this is the truth. You've got to live every moment, every day, because you never know what's going to happen. And that's why I constantly do that on a daily basis, because you don't know when the time comes. You never thought that something like this would happen, especially to a legend. They always say legends never die. They truly don't. People will go on to remember people like him and Sean Taylor, but it's just, you never think something of that magnitude. Like some, when somebody was like, Oh, it was a, it was a plane crash. You're just like, nah, you're full of shit, man. Like you expected, you know, fucking 40 years from now, 30 some odd years from now, you'd be like, yeah, Kobe passed away old age. What you know, is what it is, but something so tragic is what it was. And, and at the end of this, the biggest thing everybody needs to take away is the unfortunate passing of nine people. It, I, I know a lot of people have centered this around Kobe and, and Gigi, but it's it's nine whole people that are affected, or you know, nine different families that are affected, or whatever it is, and that's the biggest thing that you have to take from it, you know. And and that's all I've got, Lucas. The one thing that sticks out in my mind about 
Kobe Bryant is just that underbite. When the underbite comes out, dude, he <laughs> he coming for blood. Oh my God! You just knew it was just that look on his face that he would lock his his bottom jaw over his top, uh, and you just knew it was it was game time. Like no one no one was gonna be able to stop him in that moment. Um, obviously tragic incident. Rest in peace to everybody that was involved. Um, legends never die, as you said it, Aaron. We will move on now because the purpose of this podcast was to do a pass or play. Obviously, the Super Bowl is being played. I mean, this is going to get released Monday, but we're filming it on the, you know, the brink of Sunday morning, Super Bowl Sunday. So realistically, right after this game, it is officially the offseason. Um, obviously, the, the league new year doesn't start till March 13th or whatever. And there's the tampering period before that. But the Bears are able to extend their own or offer a contract to one of their own players because they're all under contract till the 13th, um, which is leading us to what we're doing here, pass or play. I just want to fill in the fans um, what the difference between unrestricted free agent, restricted free agent, and exclusive exclusive rights free agents are. Um, so realistically, an unrestricted free agent is just someone that fair game. Any team could sign them. You know what I mean? This is excluding franchise tags and everything like that. But if we let them hit the market, any team is can pursue them totally. Okay. That's fine. Um, a restricted free agent is a player with three accrued seasons and as, uh, and the contract is set to expired. They are allowed to negotiate with any team, but their original team can offer them like a qualifying out. Uh, I'm sorry, a qualifying offer, um, you know, with a right of first refusal and they'll either get draft pick compensation if, if the guy goes somewhere else, if they don't want to, but essentially like it works out where you get a first round tender. If someone gives them a, a pick for, I'm sorry, if someone gives them a contract for more than $4 million or 110% of the player's salary a year prior, Second round tender is $3.095 million, and the original round tender is um, $2.052 million or more, obviously, in between 3.9. And then an exclusive rights-free agent is any player with fewer than three accrued seasons and an expired contract. If his original team offers him one-year contract in the league minimum based on his credited seasons, the player cannot negotiate with other teams. So... Right now, the Bears actually only have one exclusive rights free agent, and that is J.P. Holtz. Um, and we're just going to do this quick roundtable. How do you guys feel about J.P. Holtz? Is he worth the money? What's the money on it? What's the bag? Where's the Brinks so, truck? So, I mean, there's no – it's not exclusive. <laughs> it's like, what is it, probably around 800? It's, it's a lot more than we make, yeah. But it, it, like I said before – they have to um, offer him a league minimum base contract. So JP Holtz would be, I think the league minimum was 820 last year. I don't know if that's going to go up or not. So let's just say somewhere Take between 800,000 and a million dollars. I'm taking it. Bring him to camp. Bring him to camp. hundred percent. I really he, like what he did. He earned it. He earned it this year. I think Swiss army knife. more yes. of a Swiss army knife than Trey Burton is, but I'll leave that for another day. I mean, I really liked what he did as an inline tight end. I thought he was better than Shaheen from what we saw of Shaheen in the past three years. Um, so definitely, I, th- I think that's an easy one. Then we have next up, and these are all going to be restricted free agents. You have Rashad Coward. Bye-bye. Bye-bye? Yeah, it uh, didn't impress me that much. 
to be honest, I think you can go get somebody that might have a little more experience at the position, probably for a similar price. A hundred percent. And I actually, I mean, he was supposed to be their swing tackle. So if they bring him back to be strictly that, that is totally okay. But realistically at right guard, I did my offensive line breakdown and I feel like he was a big, Oh, he beyond the weak link. And you know, it's, I'm not going to sit here and trash the guy because he was a defensive lineman undrafted that moved over to offense and just stepped into the starting spot, you know, with Ted Larson being down. So I don't think he's just not meant to be there. You know what I mean? If they want to use him as that swing tackle and a heavy package, I mean, he's okay. He's able to bury a guy when they double team him, but you, you can't leave him on an Island by himself and expect him to do things the right way. Um, Brandon, how you feeling about Coward? Yeah, I'm of the same mindset. I mean, even though he's, what is he, like 6'9", 325, it's, the footwork's not there. He was, like you said, you know, he's out there on an island. you got to be able to handle the one-on-ones. And, you know, at that tackle position, going up against arguably the best athletes in all of football at defensive end, you got to be a little bit quicker. So, 100%. And then we have two more that are a little bit more intriguing you have Isaiah Irving and Roy Robertson Harris. Brandon, how you feel about those two guys? Roy, I I don't care what the bag is on Roy. Please bring him back. I like his intensity. I like, you know, I like the way that he's been able to earn his his playing time and when he's out there on the field, he makes the best of it. And Isaiah Irving, I do like a lot of what he brings to the table. I don't know what the number on his contract will be. I don't know if he also, I also don't know if he has practice squad availability left, but he did make a little bit of stride or not a little bit. I'll say he did make strides on special teams this year. And when he was called upon to play in the defense, he did do well. Um, Do you have a number for me? uh, I mean, there's no, like I said, the restricted free agents. No yeah, it's, it, it has to do with um, with what other people signed for. Exactly. Like people yeah. could offer him contracts. And if they if someone were to offer Roy Robertson Harris, which is realistically we got to match it. It's it's well, yeah, but it's a, it's an option. You know what I mean? A first round tender is pretty nice. So um, if someone wants to go ahead and sign him for four million dollars or more, that's huge. But this is also a big part. Like people aren't going to give up a first rounder for Roy Robertson Harris. So I do think that gives us the possibility, you know what I mean? The possibility to, it gives you leverage for sure. It gives you a lot of leverage on him. And I would like him back um, as a depth piece. He's fantastic. And he steps in and is able to start and same thing with Isaiah Irving too. You could put him at the end or in tackle because he's a little undersized for tackle, but he still holds his own. Well, and I really, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lucas. I I really like when they bring him on as like the, uh, when they're in a pass rushing situation and they bring him on as a tackle then, you know what I mean? Cause obviously you don't want him to be playing nose when they're, they're trying to run the ball. He's not, that's not his skill set. but when they need a guy that can get after the pass rusher, I really like what he brings to the table. Um, and same thing with Isaiah Irving. Now I don't, I'm not that high on Isaiah Irving, but if you're able to get him for cheap, you know, he's been in the system, make him your fourth pass rusher, maybe even your fifth. Like I'm okay with that, but I do think, um, they need to improve upon that position in general. That's, that's an area that they should definitely focus on, whether it's w- within the draft or whatever. But I think having him there, that's a really nice piece to have, um, especially if it's on the cheap. So you're not sold on Leonard Floyd is the, is the point. I mean, I don't <laughs> I'm think, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's sold on Leonard Floyd, but the, the, the article I just wrote, I put out a big board for everybody. If you just look up 2020 big board, uh, or 2020 Chicago Bears UFA big board. Um, 
Leonard Floyd is mentioned in the article, and it's really just talking about like how he was used at Georgia. And a lot of the times I looked at the tape in Georgia, I mean, he was almost playing. They 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 had a hybrid defense, so they would switch in and out of three four and four three. And you know there were times where he was playing like a true outside linebacker. There were times he was getting after the quarterback. But they described him as exactly what we see him: really good in coverage, solid uh, run stopping defender. And even when he played a little bit of middle linebacker at Georgia too, and he was really really good at clearing holes. I think the best option with Leonard Floyd would be because you know we expect him to as fans to do different things and you want him to be a double digit sack guy. But realistically that wasn't like, he was kind of seen as a project coming into the draft and he was, he is playing out of position. So I think if you were to, I think his skill set is really suited for a team like Dallas or something. You know what I mean? A team that plays like a true four or three. If you put him on the outside, I think he would be very good. And I, I think they should definitely explore what kind of trade market there is for him because there's a chance and I'll, we'll get into this later when we talk about our dream free agents, but there's a few edge rushers out there. I mean, that are maybe one or $2 million more, $3 million more than, than Leonard Floyd would be. And they're a lot better at getting after the passer. Um, but we don't know what they're thinking in, in the Chicago bears room. They might absolutely love everything that Leonard Floyd's doing for him. Um, but moving forward, we're going to be talking about the unrestricted free agents, which these hey, are the what, big ones. What? You skipped over me. What were we talking about? Isaiah Irving or Roy Oh, Robinson. I'm sorry. I skipped over the big dog. Let's go. Yeah, he skipped over. No, actually, I, I 100% agree with you, Lucas. Um, I would keep both of them around uh, money-wise and for the fact that this, uh, you know, the defense is the way it is. I would try. You know, obviously, you have 11 starters on defense. Haha, <laughs> math works funny in, uh, in that game. But I would try to keep as many of those pieces around on that defense as you can and continue to do that. Obviously, you got to get young, too. Um, but I think we need to get young on the top end of that per, per se, that area. If we, if that's the route they go a hundred percent. So, um, sorry about that big dog, but now, oh, oh, and I'm sorry, we got one more restricted free agent. It is Deandre Houston Carson. Love you brother. Yeah. Love him. Thank you for all that you've done, but I just don't know if there's enough room for him. I just don't think, yeah, I don't think it's, yeah. Yeah. Cause you still, you gotta look at the other guy. You still got sitting back there, the Deion Bush and, I mean, for years now, you've heard Deion Bush is somebody they're very high, you know, high on. But obviously, you brought in HaHa last year on a one-year deal, and I'm gonna tell you straight up, they're either drafting somebody again this year or they're signing somebody to fill that hole again. Now, this is how I think it'll play out. You got DeAndre Houston Carson and Deion Bush. DeAndre Houston Carson is a restricted free agent. Deion Bush is an unrestricted free agent. And I'm glad you brought him up because that was the guy I was going to next. I love what he's able to do. Um, there were times where they brought him in in dime packages, times when they brought him in just as a sub. And I thought he was really impressive. Um, I think he would be a starter on a team that is lacking in that um, that didn't have such stout safeties on the roster already. I think he he had the ability to start. I was surprised that they went out and signed Haha, and I don't th I think they would have been fine with him playing there um, if Haha didn't take such a team friendly deal. But realistically, I don't like there's no market values for any of these guys. But if you really look at Deion Bush, I think he's going to be able to easily get that like Haha Clinton Dix type range, you know, between 2.5 and 3.5 million. So it's like, is he worth it at that price? Yeah, that's that's a good point, man. Um, you know, with the unrestricted area, you got to depend on that market. You know what? You know, all in all, whatever their plan is, um, you know, by signing people, you know, I would tell you this, the, the, 
the market itself is going to be a telltale sign. If they decide to re-sign Dion Bush um, for that kind of range, you know, a two to four million, whatever it is, they're drafting somebody. They're not going to go out and sign another one. They just won't make that move. If you see Dion Bush walking and, you know, DeAndre Houston Carson is re-upped for cheap, maybe they go out and sign somebody or they try to get Dion back and then there's your starter for the year. Um but, you know, they kind of got to, I mean, depending on how all the money falls and whatever the cap, you know, salary cap opens up at, um, I think that really ends up being the sign to see what they do. But at least for once in our life, we're sitting here going, all right, what options do we have at a bare minimal that are still decent players that we're not overly worried about? You know, I think I think you're in a good spot with either. Uh, I think you're in a better spot if you keep Dion Bush, though. But you're not in a bad situation if DeAndre Houston Carson's still there and you go and get somebody else see it's really at what they value you know what i mean like it's it's how they value him if they sign him for 2.5 to 4 million dollars he's going to be their starter you know what i mean right, they but, don't but they're still drafting somebody later on to play behind him in you know in for the, sure in, 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 in the concern that maybe it doesn't work out or you know down the road but you know who knows how long the deal is maybe they're like you know what we'll give you this for two years well just in general too when you really look at it i mean guys that Okay, you have your premier free agents. I think Xavier Howard's the one from Alabama this year. I'm, I'm quoting he was from uh, with Miami. Miami, yeah. I'm sorry, but he's like the guy that's you know supposed to be the first rounder. Um, and then you have Isaiah Simmons, right? Um, who's kind of a much more versatile. They're they're saying he can play all types. Simmons of different is positions. a different. Uh, yeah, he's a different breed. He's not um, a, yeah, not a safety. He's a hybrid guy that's playing all up and down from safety to linebacker, and and therefore he's an absolute athletic fucking monster. For Excuse sure, my French. He's he's just nasty. And then you just look at how the Bears have been able to draft in the mid to late rounds for, you know, um, safeties. You got Deion Bush, Eddie Jackson, and all Adrian Am- and Adrian Amos that were all drafted pretty late in the draft, whether it was fourth, fifth, or sixth round. Um, so I do think, yeah, it's. It's an option, and especially because, like, if they're trying to, and we don't know what's going on with Haha Clinton Dix, but if they're trying to put Eddie Jackson back in center field and really like have him play that free free safety that where he should be making plays, you know, getting interceptions, getting touchdowns, all that good stuff, then it'll be very easy for them to find like a true box safety late in the draft. Um, but we will move on, and I mean, I don't think we really need to talk about this, but Chase Daniel, I'm I'm guessing we're all gonna say cut him. Are you fucking crazy? He needs to stay and hold the clipboard, bro. For me, uh, yeah, either that or the social media manager. I don't. What, what kind One of, of the two. bullshit are you trying to turn here, Lucas? The, the, what? He no, says yeah, yes. Gone. He says <laughs> yes. He says yes a lot. He is a yes man. He is an absolute uh, Matt Nagy backup quarterback. True blue. Hold that clipboard for uh, Ethan Wilds. Mitchy Mitchy Poo. No, for it, sure. It's, Straight up, he's gone, man. There's there's no rhyme or reason he should still be here. If they re-sign him, you literally know they're doing zero, absolutely zero at the position. And if they do, I swear to God, I will throw a clipboard through my fucking front window at my house because I will be that pissed off. I mean, I real do that. Yeah. It's going to cost a lot of money. If but he's, in my opinion, he's not getting signed anywhere to play. Just just make him a fucking coach. You know, just like if you really like him that much in the building, like just have him be your quality control coach and have him hold the clip. I mean, you guys are both jagoffs, but at the end of the day, like we we know he's not going to be in the NFL next year. Um, so we won't spend too much time on that. 
Then I'm going to group a couple guys together. Um, we have Bradley Sowell, Ted Larson, TJ Clemmings, and Brent Urban. Three of them are offensive linemen, and then you have Brent Urban, who was brought on by the Tennessee Titans, uh, from the Tennessee Titans off the waivers. Um, realistically, okay, Ted Larson, if they they signed him for $1.2 million, and he did deal with some injuries, but I noticed a significant improvement from while he was in the game versus Rashad Coward. I personally think that if they can get him for a similar contract, definitely use him as a depth piece. Um, Cornelius Lucas, actually, when he came in and stepped in and he was only at 800, he was at the veteran minimum, 815,000. Um, I really liked what he did when he stepped in for Bobby Massey. I didn't think there was a huge drop off in, in play. Um, and like I said, again, this is only as a depth piece, just to have some veterans over there. We saw what happens when you experiment with a guy like Rashad Coward. I would like Larson and Lucas to come back. I don't think they need Brent Urban or TJ Clemmings, those guys, you could both let them walk. What do you two think? You know, for me, uh, the only disagreement I have is uh, Brian Urban. I would bring him back for a body, potentially at a minimum in camp maybe. Um, the only thing that I, I would dispute on the other two, because I do agree with you on bringing back the uh, two of the offensive linemen, the only thing that I wonder is do they mesh with the style that um, the new offensive line coach is going to want? That's going to be the question. Now we don't know if, if he's going to want these types of guys around, if we're going to stick with that, or are we going to try and get some other, you know, depth pieces um, in other areas? But yeah, I would definitely keep Larson, um, you know, like you said, with, with the depth and everything like that. Um, would you say TJ Clemens and, and who the heck else? Oh, you said uh, Urban. Cornelius Lucas. And, and yeah. Bradley Sowell, too. We're going to dedicate Bradley Sowell is going to get his own little segment, okay? He gets I mean, cut it's... every week. <laughs> yeah, they'll sign him. They'll sign him right when the offseason starts, and then they'll be like, you know what? Um, yeah, We got to cut you. We got to bring somebody else in. Sorry, we don't have enough room on the 90-man roster right now for you. Yeah. But um, actually, I just want to say this because Brandon knows this tradition. Lucas, I know you've been around for a little bit, but this here is going to be. Oh, I, don't, I can't do it. There we go. We got it. But this is going to be a crack em for our Bradley Soul segment. Oh, yeah. The Bradley <laughs> Soul, you have been cut. Go back to your trailer. We'll call you on Thursday when we re sign you. <laughs> I mean, he will be available for us if we want to pick him up in week fucking 13. So, yeah. Um, but I just wanted to get your quick input on those first four guys, um, Brandon. You're going to have to run them all back to me. I got TJ Larson. I got Clemens. No, you, we got off the no, rails. You got, you got TJ Clemens, <laughs> Cornelius Lucas, Ted Larson, and Brent Urban. So, yeah, like you both said, Larson, he, in his limited time that he was given, was able to show some bright spots. I do think you bring him back. Urban was not given a big enough, um, I guess you would say, not necessarily tryout, but sample size to prove what he can really do. Clemmings, uh, I, you know, I, I did not see enough of him to make an educated guess, but I'll have to go ahead and punt on that one. We, we, we will not pass or play. We gonna punt on that one. We're the Pat O'Donnell. <laughs> We're the Bears. We're really good at punting. I'm not gonna sit here and give you guys a take that I, you know, I, I did not. Do my all 22 on Mr. Clemmings and fourth and f- who was the one that I, who was the last one that I missed? I apologize. Cornelius, Cornelius. Lucas. 
Lucas. Ah, that's a tough one. Um, I guess it really just comes down to what the money is, but I mean, it never, it never hurts to bring another offensive lineman to camp. So I think you bring him to camp, see what he's got. If he doesn't got it, get him out of there. Okay. okay. Well, my man has spoken and then we already touched on Bradley Sowell. So we don't have to even go ahead and do that. Um, he, he was kept on the team because realistically he lost weight for them. They didn't want to do him wrong. And that's one thing I think pace has been really good about whether it was, you know, offering Zach Miller, a, a minimum, a veteran minimum contract, just so he could use the facilities knowing he wasn't going to play again. You know, they, they do do right by their players. So even though we saw the resign and release and resign and release, like they did that so he can get his money. And, and that's definitely makes the Chicago bears more attractive um, when management does right by people and especially gives them their money. Um, now we're going to start getting into the meat of things a little bit more. We have Sherrick McManus, 32 year old safety. I love what he has to offer last year. He was $1.75 million. I would assume that he would even come back for a little bit less, maybe 1.25. Um, I really like what he brings in special teams. I like when he's on the field, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to be your every down player. He's getting up there in age, but I, I think realistically, like he's kind of a, a little bit of a heartbeat on that special teams unit. Yeah. He's like the big brother over there. And you know, my brother, shy socks, John, would personally crucify me if I said no, but you know, he's a Northwestern grad played in Evanston, but he year in and year out embodies what you want to see in a Chicago bears football player. He may not necessarily get the starting reps or even, you know, complimentary reps to where he's playing a huge role on the defense. When he gets his time, he shines on special teams. You know, when the bears were down for that period, I, you know, whatever it was, 2010 to basically the year before 2008, so 2017 for a few years, there, Bellamy and McManus were the one and two gunners in the NFL and McManus still to this day is an elite gunner. I think for that reason. And even if you don't look at any, any other reason aside from that, you got to bring him back. Ooh, oh. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna get crucified for this one. I'm gonna pass. Um, it's understandable. It's nothing crazy. I tr trust you me. I I love the guy. Um, but I'm gonna answer you with this. You just said it. Kind of. He's been the num one of the number one and number twos when Pelham was here. You wanna know who number one is now? Cordero Patterson. I mean, I love me some fucking Cordero Patterson. But I know who's right behind him, and I think he learned very well this year from him. Duke Shelley. Yeah, I was gonna say Duke Shelley is and is a much I'm, younger option. Yeah. And younger, hungrier, not maybe maybe I, I mean I would say hungrier. Um, you know, I, I just think that the only reason I say pass is I wanna free up that spot um to bring in maybe somebody else. Um I think we need a little more depth in that particular area. Um, not safety, I would say maybe at that cornerback position so i just think that this is this is the time and i i hate saying it because i do love me so mcmanus because in the limited time you see him he always makes an impact um but i think this is the time unfortunately for sure and i do think like he's actually you know as we said about chase daniel or bradley soul or as i said we don't think he's going to be on a roster next year I think that Sherrick McManus has a chance to get on a roster and that could Absolutely. 
that kid could figure into the conservatory draft pick formula. So I don't hate you for it. Um, I think they would, they should bring him back if it's for a veteran minimum, but if he's trying to get the same money he did last year, there's no reason to. Well, um, that, that's part of my point too. I, I, I did not elaborate, but I do, you know, you took the words right out of my mouth when you were speaking. I do think he's the type of guy that'll take a discount. I, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Okay. Next up. Another player that had a really good, I mean, he was competing with Khalil Mack for the sack leader this year, stepped up big when Akeem Hicks went out. You got Nick Williams last year. He's only making a hundred or 895,000. He's 30 years old currently. Um, but we really don't know what the market's going to be for him. I don't think anyone would pay him starter money, but I think he earned himself a bit of a, a pay increase. So what are you guys thinking? Like what, obviously I think we all kind of like him, but what's the number you would bring him back for? Uh, as cheap as possible because I'm a cheap ass. Um, realistically, <laughs> though, the, the, the guy's 30 years old. Um, I ain't going to hate on him if he walks to go get the money. Um, you know, he, somebody's going to not per se back up the brink truck to his house, but they are going to back up um, the minivan to uh, push out some cash at him because it ain't easy finding, you know, those big men. And that big man flex is, is something to watch when he when he drops it. Um, I just, to me, I think where the money is, I don't think that's going to pan out for us this year. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to find himself, you know, a nice little one year, $3 million deal. So that's why I pass on him. I was going to say, Aaron, you're cheap. The bears are cheap. I'm also Uh, cheap. I want to bring him back, but I don't think they'll be able to make it happen. Right. Absolutely. That's where I stand is. I just don't think uh, would we all be happy. He's definitely earned it. He's earned it. I just don't think. It, the money aspect's going to sit there. Somebody's going to unfortunately overpay for him. Um, and it's just not going to work for them because it's just where the system was that he had it. And I think, yeah, he's going to get, somebody might even push I think, three and I a think, half to four at him. You, you never know. This is basically how it has to go. He's got to leave his agent at home. He's got to wear a cutoff t-shirt flex on him. He'll get his money. Oh, absolutely. So I, uh, you brought up something, Brandon, that I actually want to acknowledge because everyone has a right to their own opinion. And yes, they did, um, you know, re-sign Bobby Massey for a team friendly deal. And they re-signed Charles Leno for a team friendly deal or extended these guys. But George Hallis died in like 1984 or 1983. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know Aaron's the stack guy. Um, he'll, he'll be looking it up as we speak, but they have had no problem overplaying overpaying for certain players. And I mean, like just this whole, cause you know, I'm glad you brought it up because it's nice to have a healthy discussion about a lot of fans always allude to the fact that we're not good because the Chicago bears are cheap. And while it might've been that way with Mike McCaskey after Hallis passed away, it In is, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a hundred percent different now, man, because I mean, first of all, they invested a hundred million dollars into this new facility. Why? Because they want to have better equipment, better, you know, um, have training camp at home, the whole nine yards. So it's just like, I don't understand the argument when they, when fans say that the Chicago bears are cheap at this point in time. I mean, how much did they pay Trey Burton? How much did they overpay Taylor Gabriel? And I understand you kind of have to do that to get free agents to come to a team that's not doing that well, but it's like Taylor Gabriel is not worth the money he's got. And neither is fucking, um, neither is Trey Burton. And it's like, you were able to tell that going into it. Now that we're seeing it in hindsight, now we think, I think they're both valued a lot less in my opinion. Uh, I know you're high on Taylor Gabriel, Brandon, but realistically, I just feel like this whole, 
the Bears are too cheap to pay for players. I think that's kind of crazy. They've been exhausting the salary cap for the last few years. You know, this is my point, though, real quick. The Bears are too cheap to pay their own. Absolutely. That's bust, what I was going to say, Brandon. You can bust your balls for this team. You could be Brian fucking Erlacher. You could be Robbie Gold for this team. And they're going to let you walk over $2 million, which is, you know, probably the fucking beer sales in the first quarter. That's my issue. I, You know, the free agency, I, you know, free agency is made for agents and players to, you know, back the Brinks truck up and take all the money that they can get. I cannot wait until that is what I do for a living. But from a standpoint where it's you have guys that have blood, sweat, and tears grinded for your team, Brian Urlacher, arguably top three, top five bear of all time, and you let that man walk over $2 million, same thing. You know, these are older players that I'm using as an example, but you can full-on expect this down the stretch where, you know, you may have a guy who somewhat productive, somewhat producing, definitely on track with what the rest of the league wants for that position, maybe even more or above average for that position, and they'll let him walk, but they'll go ahead and back the Brinks truck up for someone who won't even see the play, you know, won't even see the field in a playoff game, hasn't seen the field in months, and who knows if he'll ever play another game for the Chicago Bears. You know, that's my point. I I understand it was a little misguided of a take, but I'm of the mindset where you gotta you gotta take care of your own. Yeah, for sure, you know, Brandon. And I understand what you're saying, but don't you think that part of that, like letting Fortego and uh yeah, Erlacher, yeah, and Briggs and those guys like Robbie gold. Don't you think that's partially just because of the regime change? Because Ryan pace has made it a, a point to pay every one of his, and he pays him early. You know, he paid and, Eddie Goldman a year early and Eddie Goldman got his money. And now Eddie Jackson yeah. just set the market for the safeties. And not only is it, he's paying his own that he drafted himself, but he's also be, I think it's extremely strategic because now yes. instead of saying, oh, Eddie Jackson, play out your final year and let's see what people have a bidding war well, on you, stuff like that. Instead, not, he's extending him early and now and you don't have to compete. Was with, go up too. Exactly. See, you don't have to compete with the market. Here's the thing. This is the two things I wanted to say about this. So I agree with Brandon on the take of paying their own. And it, and it could have been the former regimes because I have a, a close friend of mine who unfortunately uh, is a rotten cheese head and, um, you know, his dispute with me is always the fact of, well, your team's too cheap to pay your own. Well, yeah, they have been in the past. Um, but as of late with Pace, that's why I don't hate on Pace. Um, I think that I could get trending on Twitter if we would like hate on Pace. Um, but the thing is, he has paid his players and he sets the market. He set the market on Eddie Jackson, who's a premier safety that people for this last year said, oh, he was bad. Why'd you pay him that much? Guess what? Pace just set the market. So now when free agency opens, everybody's got a bottom line of, okay, this is what they need to pay a safety. Guess what? In three months before the season starts, guess what? Eddie Jackson's one of the top tier signed safeties right now. And for his money, guess what's going to happen? He's going to drop. He's going to drop. And by the time his actual fourth year is up after next year, I mean, we saw how the safety market went last year. Guys were getting paid at safety because people understand. People are starting to understand you need to build through the middle of your defense. You need your middle linebackers, your safety, and your D-line to all be set, and everything else will kind of fill in around it. Because if you have that center of your defense squared away, that's huge. And what did he do? He drafted Roquan Smith, who will probably get himself paid after next year. He um, paid Eddie Jackson, and he paid Eddie Goldman. That's the center of our defense, no? setting Setting up your team for success early 
so that other people you're you're basically you know you're playing chess right now where you're paying your players before other people have to and then they've got to make the moves to go spend more money i mean it he's making the right moves that's why like i said and i will say it again i don't hate on pace as much as others because of the fact that he makes strategical moves and one this team is very keen lately especially in the draft of signing players at the right time 100 percent, and i mean i'll go further than you i absolutely love ryan pace i don't think his seat should be anywhere close to hot don't get me wrong the adam shaheen pick in my opinion was by far the worst out of any you know what i mean like you can't predict what's going to happen with um kevin white you can't there's certain guys where you're like whatever people hate on um Leonard Floyd, but Adam Shaheen is the only one where I'm like, that was idiotic, dude. He could have possibly fallen to the fifth, sixth round and you went up and got him. And there's times where it's like, he's aggressive and it works out. So I personally, like, I love Ryan Pace. I think his arms look fantastic and any type of cutoff tee, like he's jacked out of his fucking head. I'm a Uh big, big, big fan of Ryan Pace, but um, we'll move forward. We just finished with Nick Williams. Now we have Aaron Lynch pace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he already got a pay cut from $4 million. His I play think. was it's... down last year significantly too. Well, yeah. But people I mean... always talk about his mistakes. I mean, to me, he's only a meh guy. I mean, you got to get somebody else in that, you know, in that area anyway. So we'll, we'll find somebody for cheaper. That'll do more. That won't well, get penalized as much. I mean, yeah, I prefer Isaiah Irving to Aaron Lynch and yeah, he's going to come at a, a smaller price tag. Um, and realistically, as I was saying before, he went from $4 million in 2018 to 1.5 in 2019. So the team already started to devalue him. I don't see them re-signing him and I don't, I don't think he's worth it. Yeah. I, yeah. He'll, he'll probably find a job somewhere else, but not here. It's possible. He might get a veteran minimum somewhere. Um, now, I mean, we, I guess we could talk about it, but Patrick Scales, the long snapper, Hell yeah. he, won't, he won't get any significant money. You need a long snapper. He'll, you know, most long snappers are going to come at the veteran minimum. But realistically, if the Bears do, I mean, they interviewed a long snapper at um, the Senior Bowl, I believe, or the East-West Shrine game. So there's a possibility that they're looking at someone else. But I think, like, overall, the entire unit, you know, you can and you can actually cut patrick o'donnell this year um but i think just keep that you know keep the whole what do you call that fucking thing kicker punter and, and long teams. snapper no they, they call it something Kickoff specialist no what are they, they there's an actual term for it um the operation the operation is what people like to call it i think you just keep that intact personally um yeah, you'll bring in a you'll be, you'll bring in two bodies for long snappers in camp and camping, and you'll let them battle it out and see what happens. Brandon, nothing. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like you said, it's the operation. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. They don't have a complicated job. All you gotta do is snap the ball. So snap the ball, grab it, hold it. O'Donnell's the holder, so I mean, he's stop dancing he, in practice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that shit that Barstool Chicago shared where you guys were doing that goofy little dance and then you go and doink some shit that week. But Scale's job's literally just to get the ball to him and that's it. So I think he's done a great job over the years. Patrick must be the name uh, for our long snappers because he's taken right up after Mr. Manley, the 14 
year Chicago Bear veteran. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have HaHa Clinton Dix. Obviously, he took a team friendly team friendly deal last year. Um, Allen Robinson actually quote tweeted, I want to say, um, or he tweeted something about Eric Berry um, and how like how sick would that be with Eric Berry and Eddie Jackson back there? Because you know he's talking about taking he took the year off and he's going to come back. Um, and I think Eric Berry's an awesome safety, but haha Clinton Dix got really butthurt about it. He's like, Oh, see so y'all are just going to act like I'm not here or something along those lines. Um, I like what haha Clinton Dix personally, or haha Clinton Dix did personally, but I think realistically the way his skill set is, they, they had him take over that center field role. Um, and they made Eddie Jackson play in the box better. And if you really think about it, like I'd much rather get a very cheap option or like a stud strong safety in in free agency, um, or like I said, a cheap option with uh, through the draft. I just want I got, Eddie Jack- I got a name for you if you guys want a box safety. Well, we'll get to that in a second, but um, I I just think realistically, like you have, if you re-sign Haha, then you're gonna have Eddie floating by the line of scrimmage way too much again, um, and I don't like that. Eddie Jackson needs to be where he's at. He just got paid like a premier free safety, so I think that if anything, that was an indication that Haha's gone. Yeah, I'm I'm all in. I love Haha. Good luck somewhere else. Um, hopefully he can make a little bit more money and um, just not in the division. Hopefully, um, but good luck to him. How funny would it be if he came full circle and went back to the Packers? Or yeah, like they're the not. Vikings or Lions. They're not going to do that because he's Green Bay so high and mighty on Amos as poor ass and uh, and Savage. So yeah, that 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 won't happen. They really he's like gonna, Savage. I. Yeah, I I love Savage coming out of the draft last year. I just wanted Savage so I can order a jersey. That I'm be uh, straight up honest with you. Yeah, I, wa- <laughs> I wanted the 21 Savage jersey because that was my name on Twitter for a while until I realized, like, yo, dude, you got to be a little bit more professional. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, so he went to beat on 300. That's I was going to so- say. No, no, that's the at. That shit don't matter. You can't change oh, I'm saying, like, okay. the actual name just says Brandon Suarez now. Oh, gotcha. And yeah. now – Beat on 300. What are you thinking about Haha Clinton Dix? Uh, well, Beat on 300 actually originated after Chief Keith released, released Finally Rich. But uh, Haha Clinton Dix, yeah, like you guys said, he, his game was not complimentary to Eddie Jackson's, although I do think he did have a good season. I don't think the numbers will align. And now, hopefully, I, I'm sorry, but you just mentioned Chief Keith. I'm hoping to God that you are able to, and like when you move on and become an agent that I'm very confident it's going to happen. Like, I hope you're able to invest in clients that are, um, how, how can I put this? Hold on. Cause I'm really trying to insult you here. I hope that your clients, you have a better taste in football players as clients than you do in rap music. <laughs> well, again, I was like 17 when that shit came out. So I mean, yeah, that's an, that's inexcusable for anyone of any age range. Hey, don't call my man, my Chicago man's Mr. Mr. Keith Cozart. <laughs> hey, the only time I listen to some some Chief Keith is off of uh, you hey, know, but there's you know Club Dub, you know some exactly. But on the topic of my clients, our season's actually you know heating up. We don't have anybody in the XFL, but I will keep the on tap crowd in tuned with what uh, my Bishop Sports Management clients have going on in the Arena Football Leagues, and I'll try and get some coverage out there for the people. Well, thank you, Brandon. 
Hey, if I, I can get us free tickets to a game if you guys like drinking oh beer boy. and see a couple bodies going over the boards. 100%. I got no I problem with that. Front row, bro. I'm on front row. I have no problem cracking them at that time. I mean, Aaron, we could probably get you to sign a waiver and you could, we might have a number, nice number 10 for you, ready to rock. What do I need a number passes. 10 for? That's Ethan. I, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm straight, bro. Off the rails segment here. I will, uh, I'll rock the 10 jersey if no one wants to. Uh, 10 God. There you go. 10 God. <laughs> Give him that name. Oh my God. <laughs> I would assume it's Ethan. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the young, the young whippersnapper, Mr. Wiles, could not join us today. But I do have one uh, question since we are on air. He wants to know where his jersey is at, Aaron. It got lost in translation. <laughs> it got picked off. It got no, no. See, Mitch, don't throw the them picks, bro. It, it got overthrown, man. I think it landed somewhere else. I gotta go check. I gotta go check. I gotta go check the apartments down the hall. Yeah. And and honestly, Brandon, if you're Maybe a fan of over. if you're a fan of Chicago rap, I don't know if you ever heard of Polo G yet, but he's kind of uh, starting to rise up within the ranks of rap music, and he actually has a little bit of an old school feel to him. Very Chicago. Uh, he's got a dope music video where it's like he's in Millennium Park. You see like the fountain in the background, and then you got um like these like young african-american ballet dancers it's like such a contrast and like what he's singing versus what they're doing it's pretty it cool just video. like mashes up perfectly isn't that i love the science behind See, that i'm also I'm, talented with that shit too baby i'm Give gonna say camera. since we went way off off the rails here just for a quick second thank you for mentioning stuff like that because i love this cool new thing i have since i got unlimited data now i get apple music free for like a fucking year so Run i've just that. been down I've been downloading the hell out of his uh, everything that I can. So I just went and downloaded that now. So it'll be something new to listen to at work on Monday. So thank you there, Lucas. Yeah. And dog, um, I mean, you just got unlimited data or were you just doing like the free calls after 9 PM type thing? Like, no, before unlimited that, or data. Was... Oh, okay. No. I'm just yeah, making cause... sure. Like, cause you know how it used to be back in the day where you didn't get charged Bruh. any minutes after nine o'clock. I didn't know if you were still on like a prehistoric plan or what was going oh, on. What do you think? I'm that goddamn old or something. Come on. I mean, man. I don't know what the fuck I'm the, I'm that you old. Are I remember waiting for nine o'clock. <laughs> Shit, I'm 30 this year, bro. Um, I used yeah. to get whacked on my coverage until I switched over to the unlimited data because I always have been like a huge like stream games on my phone guy. And yeah, I would get that bill at the end of the month and just be like, all right, where's the unlimited data? I got uh, straight up. The reason why is I got tired of being so close every month and having to look at the app and go, oh, man, I'm like half a gig away from being over the data. So, you know, with my line of work being, um, you know, in a job that I don't have Wi-Fi connection and from time to time being able to just stream things and listen to things and do things. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Uh, between me and the, the wife, we can pay for it. So, you know, now we don't have to worry about it. And, you know, I also got it cause we went to Hawaii for a honeymoon last year and I was like, shit, I'm going to need it for directions and being there for a week. Yeah. I'm going to run through my day real quick and just never switch back. Well, so. I think just realistically, too, you really hit the nail on the head. You're married, so we know you're using that to stream unlimited amounts of pornography. <laughs> I'm not, bro, I'm not Ethan, man. I don't, I'm not, nah, man. You got to computer for that stuff, bro. Um, oh, shit. But anyways, to get back on the rails, Lucas, who are we talking about? Yeah, we're getting, we're getting, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, our guy's turning as red as his fucking code red, but. I don't got real. no code red. I ain't red. It's just hot as shit down here now. I got you. Um, but yeah, so the last three Real, we're gonna talk about. Real quick, check check this 
this Christmas sweatshirt I got, man. It's a nice Bears one. That's beautiful. Just throwing um, that out there. Yeah, but I think the three, in my opinion, the three toughest ones to deal with are all the inside linebackers. You got three of our six inside linebackers all up for contract. Denny Trevathan, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who actually played really well in place of um, Danny Trevathan, or I'm sorry, I think, it, yeah, it was, no, he came in for Roquan Smith after he got hurt because Kukowski came in, and then obviously Nick Kukowski. Um, I think realistically, Kevin Pierre-Lewis played well enough to the point where, I mean, he was at a veteran minimum last year, 805, um, but I think he played well enough to the point where he earned himself a little bit more than that. I don't think he's going to have a crazy market for him. Um, Danny Trevathan made $7 million last year, but with the injury and just how he's aging, I think he might, it's quite possible that um, he takes a little bit of a pay cut, maybe to stay in Chicago. And then you have Nick Wachowski who was on a rookie contract and he really kind of shut everybody up this year. He had a ton of starting experience before Roquan Smith got drafted. You know, he's always been like that straight up hammer type of inside linebacker. Everyone called him old school, but had pass, you know, pass protection deficiencies. And I was actually victim of that too, where I was just calling it out. But the more I watched the tape, like he really did evolve into a, um, an inside linebacker that can cover. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's nearly as versatile in, in coverage as Danny Trevathan or Roquan Smith. But I do think if you give him if you were able to budget or, or um, game plan around him, give him a lot smaller of a zone or a, sh a more shallow zone, I think he can easily cover that. Um, he even had a pick and an opportunity for a couple more. So realistically, I mean, just the way it's going down, the Bears are at about 13 or $14 million right now. Um, you still haven't factored in the, what we would assume to be, yeah, the Andy or the Allen Robinson extension and then the couple cuts that you can make with Prince of Bukamara giving you nine extra million dollars. And it, it all depends on where they're going to go with, with cuts and stuff like that. But out of those three, if you had to pick one, which one would it be? That's a tough, that's the million dollar question. But I, I mean, yeah. Oof. Is I think, there a right answer? Cause yeah. I, oh, man. So I, the one thing I want to say really quick about this topic is very simple to me. Um, we talked about paying our own, and this is the toughest paying your own because, yes, Kwinkowski is your own, um, and you could pay him. But after Danny Trevathan has been here, and for what he has done, and for what this team has done for him, he is a bear. He is no longer, uh, in my eyes, a Denver Bronco. Um, if you were to look back at his career, yes, he may have done a little bit more out there, and he might have, you know, a ring from there, but, um, you know, I, I just I see him as a bear, uh, and I almost I would probably be a little more upset not seeing him back than seeing Quinkowski not back. Um, and I just think, you know, I see I take that one from the heart because of what they did for him. Now it's technically two seasons ago in 2018 with bringing his uh, was it his grandma or whatever to the game or his mom? I can't remember which 100%. one. Now. You know where they brought her to a game and she had never seen him, never seen him play. Um, that's the type of stuff that touches you and you're just like, this organization cares. Um, so I just don't know. The biggest question is going to be, is Roquan ready to be by himself? If they believe Roquan's ready to be by himself, then they may decide to give Danny a little, or not Danny. Uh, they may decide to give Kwinkowski the money and say, all right, here you go. Run with it, kid. Um, 
but it's similar to what we talked about in the safety area earlier. I think if you do, if you bring Danny back, I think you see Kevin Pierre-Lewis sign back, and I see you going out and getting a draft pick later on again in the draft um, to to learn from that you know aspect. Um, I do think that I mean I I want to say that Roquan doesn't need to learn anymore from Danny because he's been here for two years and he's a first round pick for a reason. But I just want to see Danny Trevathan back. I like seeing fifty nine in that middle because he's just he's the glue guy. back there, bro. He's the glue, man. I am an absolute. I mean, I'm an enormous fan of Danny Trevathan, and this is where, like, like you said, Brandon, this is a very difficult decision. But when you really look at it, Danny Trevathan's only had one 16 game season with the Chicago Bears, and that was last year. Um, and that's also when they were at their best. So it's it's very difficult to tell. Um, you also have virtually how many no... 16 game seasons has has Kwinkowski started in? I want to start it. I don't, I don't zero. Hey. <laughs> That's a big difference. I just, um, I just have to, he, I mean, he, he holds he, a mean tablet though. Yeah. He, he ain't the clipboard, bro. He got the tablet. He got the, He's the more reliable. but his, but his starting, his starting, like him not starting a full season, which I'm actually looking it up right now. That's not because of his injury concerns. That's because no, of, that's because of the people in front of him. I, yeah, exactly. I, I'm just throwing with you. I just had to throw that out there. Uh, you know, be a little bit of a devil's advocate on that one. No, it, you know, it is. I, I mean, I'm glad I'm not in that position. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, cause that's a tough one, man. Cause somebody's going to be left out. Brandon, how are you thinking about it? Yeah, I really would like to see Trevathan back. And I honestly think similar to McManus, he'll be willing to work with the number, uh, Kwiatkowski or Kwiatkowski, I think will honestly, I think he'll want to test the market. I think he proved enough coming down the stretch to where he'll want to see what his other options are. And I really don't think, you know, his legacy, he doesn't want to sit on the bench anymore. He wants to go somewhere and play. So I think the most realistic situation is going to be Trevathan coming back. And I wouldn't mind seeing Pierre Lewis back in the Bears uniform. I think you get two, two nice deals with the both of them. Where they can save in, you know, where they save in that area, and they can go spend up in uh, in other spots. Um, and I agree with Brandon. You know, Kwiatkowski is going to get a deal somewhere else that he can be guaranteed to start and and make some good money. Because um, he doesn't care about the money at this point. If he, if he, if I'm looking at it the right way, I think he just wants to play some damn football. I mean, and realistically, yeah. I mean, Kwiatkowski had in 2017, he tore his pack, which ended his season. But otherwise, I mean, then that's kind of a common uh, injury for def- inside linebackers. Um, I, I think you guys are both hitting it on the head. Like Kwiatkowski, I think is going to demand the biggest contract. He should go out and try to go get as much money as he can because he was a late round draft pick and, you know, has only made a he hasn't broken a million dollars yet in one season. Um, actually, he might have he might have gotten that bump. Yeah, I think he got that bump last year. Yeah, I think he did this year. I think he got that bump. Yeah, because of the whole, um, you know, how many games you start or how much yeah, how much if time. you're if you if you're playing more than fifty percent of the snaps in your time in the three years previous. Um, but it's saying his twenty nineteen salary was seven hundred twenty eight thousand. Um, but I got to double check this because I feel like he got that too. I think him and Howard were both due to get that bump. Yeah, I think he um, did get that bump. No, I yeah, he get, he, get, he got $2.1 million last year. Yeah. Um, but no, as I was trying to get to, though, I think realistically, 
it's going to cost about the same to retain both Danny Trevathan and Kevin Pierre-Lewis as it would to just retain Nick Wachowski. So you got it comes, you got a similar mind, man. I was just thinking that. I was like, yeah, yeah it's going to cost it. If it comes down to it, I mean, if they're all the exact same price, I say you go with Kukowski, but I just feel like realistically, and I mean, they do think they have something special with Josh Woods, who was an undrafted free agent a few years ago. Um, and they were high on Iggy, but I don't think like, you don't, you don't see him getting incorporated as a linebacker. And just in the preseason in general, Josh Woods stood out a lot more as a true linebacker, whereas like Iggy's just that athletic freak that they're trying to make work. I'm going to um, tell you something. Hot take. Iggy gets cut by the end of training camp. It's a possibility. It's a po- I mean, but he was always on special teams. He was a part of the 53-man roster, if I'm not mistaken, every single game. Yeah, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I think that at the end of this, I think he's the surprise cut. I just don't think they're going to have a spot for him. If, that, if they're that high on Woods and they end up retaining the two other guys, I think you could see Iggy gone because that's, what is that, six middle linebackers, four or five middle linebackers then or something crazy? I can't count. Like, yeah, and I I mean, realistically, the thing that worries me about any of those three leaving, more so Danny Trevathan and Nick Wachowski, is the fact that every single year, and I've mentioned this before, the, the, the over the past three years, or two years, I want to say, the Packers have tried to poach a player from the Chicago Bears, and that just is a credit to how they've been drafting and how they've developing been developing players. But, you know, they signed that transition tag with Kyle Fuller. They signed Adrian Amos last year. I would not doubt because they had someone like Blake Martinez who was, he had a ton of tackles, but it, you know, it was always, it was never like behind the line of scrimmage. He wasn't that type of guy. He's more chase someone down. Whereas like Kwiatkowski and Trevathan are see it, fill the hole, fill the alley, stop people for minimal gain. Um, and I just, you know, I can just picture right now, Nick Kwiatkowski wearing a green Bay Packers uniform and just coming over our center, whether it's James Daniels or Cody Whitehair. Shut Absolutely. your mouth. Absolutely Shut blasting him, Shut it. murdering Mitchell Trubisky, running through Dave Montgomery. We've seen and enough times, will, right? That will do it for this episode of Bears on Tap. I can see. I'm literally visualizing. I, I, I hate you right now. You know, just, that's really, what my biggest fear is. But do you make stop. moves as a, as a management team? Do you make moves out of fear? Or do you make moves out of what, what, what do you think is going to make your team better? One of the three of them are going to end up there. If you let Danny walk, he's going to be like, well, shit. I'm already established in Chicago. I don't want to go far. I'm not playing for long. I'll suit up for Green Bay. He'll pull the the you know Julius Peppers move or whatever. Right? Yeah. I just I, I see it happening. Um, call me crazy, but if it does happen, you heard it here first through on tap Sportsnet. Um, but yeah, well, realistic. Lucas, Lucas, I got something for you here. We're all a little bit crazy talking Chicago Bears football here at 2 a.m. on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, we're waiting <laughs> for your shit. <laughs> nah, we good, baby. I'm I'm happy to be here talking football, but I mean, it's it, we 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 all have a couple screws loose, let's just say. So you're not alone. I got you. Um, but yeah, so that's it for. Well, all right. Now I'm forcing you. You're Ryan Pace, or you're his right hand man. You get to pick one of the three. Which one are you picking? Trevathan. Trevathan. He's the quarterback of the defense. I mean, I, I know you bring up the point with the 16 games, and I understand that too, but. I think ultimately full body of work career. He's proved it. He's, you know, I, I'm not his agent. I'm not in his, in his corner, but I think he'll be willing to take a discount knowing that if we can figure if as Comiskey would say, if we can figure it the fuck out, we have a pretty good team and we can make a run at this. My I mean, goal, if, my goal, if I'm Ryan Pace is I'm retaining him 
for a cheap deal for about two years and getting somebody else. Yeah, um, you de- you know, they're definitely the, drafting the an inside linebacker. And the way the mock drafts are falling, there's actually some pretty decent sideline to sideline um, inside linebackers that will fall to that like fourth round consempatory draft pick. Um, from all the mock drafts I've been doing, obviously it's not set in stone and there's a million things that could happen. Um, you know, guy like Ryan Pace, if he really values Adam Shaheen, he's going to go up and grab him way too early. So you don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but they definitely have to draft one this year as well. Keep that tradition of stout inside linebackers back. Um, my decision as much as I, I mean, and I've like, if you look at my Twitter feed, anything I've said about Danny Trevathan, it's just about how much I love him, but I would pick Nick Wachowski. Um, and it's funny because Brandon's over here talking about how cheap the fucking bears are and how they don't pay their own, but he's still willing to pick Danny Trevathan over Nick Wachowski, who was drafted and developed by the Chicago bears. who's going to demand a higher contract. I just feel like a little consistent be a little consistency would be nice here. Beat on 300. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, do we want, do we, do we want chief Kwiatkowski over chief Trevathan? Like, come on now. That's tough, man. I know that's difficult. I'm glad. I'm glad we're not making that decision. I mean, do Hey, when chief Keith plays in club dub, does Kwiatkowski's dread swing? No, not like, well, not like go. DT. There you go. Trevathan, two years, 12 mil. <laughs> Whoa, you're giving think, him 12 mil? Yeah, Jesus. I, think I think it'll be uh, more in the range of uh, two years. Actually, half. no, two. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I was going to say two, 9.5, because they wouldn't give Urlacher 12. Jesus. This guy's hung up on Urlacher, who is fucking. Yeah, I know. We just need to move on, man. Falling apart to... at that time. I think we need to wrap that up here. Buddy. Yeah, so we're, that's our passer play with me, Aaron, and Brandon. And now just to conclude the show, we're going to talk about there's a big free agent market out there. Every one of us are just going to say this is our wish list. Um, this is the free agent. If we could pick one to be on the Chicago Bears, this would be it. So I'm going to start off with you, Brandon. So I am actually going to shoot for the stars on this one. Uh, you guys are going to call me crazy, tell me to go to bed, which I probably should do after this. But I would absolutely love to see, don't know how they'll be able to work it out, Jadavion Clowney in a Bears uniform. Whew. Hey, you said anyone, bro. I understand anyone, but <laughs> how would that actually work out? All right, let me reel it back and go more realistic. No, no, no. My, <laughs> I, I think no. I think we should explore it. This it was a, between. It was this between is a wish list him. Here. It was between him, Chris Jones, or Shaq Barrett. And I don't know. Clowney, Clowney just jumps off the tape every time you watch him. Chris Jones, quality lineman as well. And Shaq Barrett, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, led the league in sacks this year. Yeah. All three guys are going to be highly coveted. Obviously. I don't know if they'll – well, I'll say they're out of our price range, but just imagining a defense with Jadavion Clowney on one side and Khalil Mack on the other side, regardless of the price tag, that – that you know, you don't even have to blitz with that defense. Oh. You just send – you just do a two-man rush. Just send Khalil and Jadavion, and that's well, it. Well, this is – yeah, this is the thing that I was getting at too. If you're able to trade or, I mean, unfortunately, it's a possibility outright Heck. cut Leonard Floyd, well, that's $13 million. So Jadavion Clowney's – um, net worth or his market value is about 20 million. You think he's going to try to push that to about 22 or 23 because he's going to try to get that Aaron Donald Khalil Mack money, which realistically it's possible, but now you're not able to sign some of these other guys you want to sign, like a Danny Trevathan for five million dollars in the year, four and a, you know, 4.75 million, whatever it would break down to. So it is actually possible, but you also have to factor in 
I mean, what did the uh, or the Saints traded or I'm sorry, the Seahawks traded for him? You would assume that they're gonna invest yeah, in no, guy, that right? You know what I mean? Like they will. I think. But so. now you also realistically though, the non-pipe dream guy that I do think fits perfectly on this defense is Anthony Harris, for, number forty-one, Minnesota Vikings safety. Um, quality season this year. I think he had around six or seven interceptions. He's a good complimentary piece in that secondary. And I think he would fit right in on this bears defense. Um, yeah, that, that's I think, all I, I mean, got. I think that would be a huge pickup. Um, the only problem with that is he had an outstanding season and Minnesota, as we've said, the bears in, in the past haven't been great at signing their own. Minnesota's all about paying their own. So I think he'll get, um, yeah, I think there's, I, I think there's actually a better chance of getting Clowney or Shaq Barrett, because from what I've looked at at Shaq Barrett, his um, net or his market value is about 17 million, 16 and a half. So now you're only paying an extra three and a half million for him versus Leonard Floyd. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I do think that's a possibility as well, but you know, everyone voices in the like in when it's in a contract year, I'd like to stay with the Bucks, but he wants to also get paid. So I think realistically, um, Clowney and Barrett are more of a possibility than Anthony Harris. Either way, it works out. I um, do want to see some money. But spent. yeah, we'll move forward. Who's on your wish list, Aaron? All right. Yeah. So what I'm going to say is I got a one two punch for you. Um, a realistic target here, that is. Um, number one, I do like Dante Fowler. Um, you know, as, as an edge rusher, if you could maybe let Floyd walk, but my real true target is going to be this guy. And I'm keen on him is Mr. Carl Joseph at safety. Uh, you know, still a 26 year old safety. And, uh, I think he fits right in, um, be on the lookout for an article to drop on him this week. Cause that's one I'm the most excited for in a realistic sense. Yeah. And I think he will be, they'll be able to, it depends on how much money they want to allocate to the safety position after paying Eddie Jackson. But if I'm not mistaken, let me look at my big board here. If I'm not mistaken, his market value is it's low. It's not crazy. Um, and they also did draft a uh, dude last year that got hurt. That's show him at about three. Um, no, well, so his, that's not his market value. That's what he got paid last year, but that's also because he was, um, a higher draft pick. So realistically Oakland will let him walk if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with Jonathan Abram, just being inserted last year, it's a possibility. I love the fact that he's much more of a box safety and it will allow Eddie Jackson to go back to center field. He's definitely a sure tackler. I mean, he's someone that'll help and run support. I think he would be not a better version of Adrian Amos. Cause I think Adrian Amos was actually undervalued a lot by fans. Um, and his stats show that he was better than Carl Joseph throughout his four years. Um, and now five, but realistically, I do think Carl Joseph would be a really nice version of, uh, of an Adrian Amos coming in. Um, that's a really nice pick. Brandon, what do you think about Carl Joseph? Anything good? So I actually was able to watch Carl Joseph in his time at West Virginia in college quality player coming out of the draft think definitely a good complimentary piece that the bears could find for a good value pickup. And he, you know, he, he's good in coverage. He's good in the box. He, you know, he actually can lay the wood too. He's a pretty big hitter. He's um, a hit man. Yeah. So that's an interesting piece that I think out there for the right, you know, the right price, I think, you know, somewhere in between that, you know, 3.5 to $7 million range per year is where he'll be asking for. And I think we can meet that. 
Okay. And now, for me personally, I'll give two. One is very, very highly unlikely for multiple reasons, but Brandon Sheriff, absolute mauler. He's been – he plays right guard. I mean, it would just take our worst position on the offensive line and make it our best position on the offensive line. I don't see how the Washington Redskins let him walk. Um, they are kind of far apart on their negotiations right now, but realistically, it seems – very unlikely they're at, at a minimum they should put the franchise tag on him so they could try to work out a deal um so he doesn't hit the open market but that would be to me the number one solution to all of it i mean i'm sure he's going to get paid like close to 13 or 14 million dollars a year um his market value is 12.4 million but then the other one i just wrote an article about was austin hooper and now austin hooper um very proven i put out a stat on the article Austin Hooper outperformed the entire Chicago Bears tight end room combined <laughs> just in 2019. He's been trending upward since the start. He would be a seamless fit, um, not only because he can play in line and block, but he can also play that move tight end. He's very good at finding himself, like finding soft spots in the zone. Sure-handed guy, doesn't have a lot of drops in his career, um, and just you know, he was, he was getting balls from Matt Ryan. So it's a lot different than Mitchell Trubisky, but I just feel like with the offense that they're running in, in um, Atlanta is not the same, but definitely a West coast system. And I just feel like he would be able to come in and the, 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 the gap for learning would be so much inferior to someone like Eric Ebron, who's been traditionally in a, a different system, his whole career um, aside from with Frank Wright. But Another thing that's, you know, because you would expect, like, why would why would Atlanta let Hooper walk? Well, essentially, they were trying to work on an extension with him all year, and the, the two sides were so far apart that it wasn't able to work out um, prior to the Super Bowl. And then they interviewed the GM. What's his name? Um, let me just pull up the article. Arthur, Arthur Blank. Mm-mm. Okay, so yeah, the general manager Thomas Dimitrov spoke on Hooper's contract earlier in the week. Uh, earlier this week, said the reality right now is we are trudging along. After the Super Bowl week, we'll continue to see how we're moving forward. At this point, there's no updates on Austin, so they've been trying to work out a, a long-term deal. I mean, and like I said, all these players say, like, yeah, I'd love to get back with my original team. You know, they're the ones who drafted me, but at the same time, they're chasing the dollar, which is totally understandable. Um, and I think there's a possibility he actually does go. Uh, I don't think they'll they'll give him the franchise tag. I think it's more so, you know, are they gonna are they gonna be so far apart? And it's his market value is nine point nine million dollars, but that's just the value when he's, in my opinion, it's either him or Hunter Henry that's gonna be the top targeted free agent um, in in the tight end area. Sorry, he's gonna be the top targeted tight end in free agency, but. I just feel like Hooper's the choice um, and, you know, people push the market. So if it's, if it, if his market's 9.9 million, you could expect him to get closer to 12 or 13. And then you're kind of thinking like, well, will this work out? Because you already got Trey Burton there for over $8 million and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, like I said, you could play in line or he could play the U. So you could have them on the field at the same exact time, which realistically if Burton's healthy, that would be deadly, but it's also a backup plan for if, 
I don't want to say if and when, but if and when Trey Burton gets hurt or he's not able to go, he could step in in that E role. He would actually be the starter realistically and probably Burton get rotated in, but it would only be for one year. You're eating that much cap on the tight end room. So I, I think realistically, he's the guy you want to invest in. Otherwise, I mean, I don't think they're really in bad shape at you. It's more so why. Um, but yeah, I think Austin Hooper would be the move to make if they have the possibility to do that. Like I said, it's just a wish list. So none of these guys are probably going to be available on the market. No, on the tight ends, I don't think so. I think that most of them either get, uh, you know, re-signed, tagged, or make a ton more money elsewhere. For sure. Well, Eric Ebron is the only one that's like pretty much I'm walking, you know what I mean? Because they're not going to pay him what he wants, and he's had his injury history. But for the other two, you would assume that they're both going to be back with their team being so young and showing so much promise. Yeah, and it, it is a shame to see, but there is a handful of tight ends in the draft that I think we can – find the gem that is in this draft i mean and it's a possibility your boy's been slipping in the draft as i texted you earlier cole Komet could possibly fall a little bit farther than we expect i mean i think it's a possibility if they really like cole Komet, i think they could trade down and still get him at the beginning of the third round you know what i mean and go ahead and pick up an extra draft pick maybe yeah. use it for a safety or an inside linebacker yeah, and I know you guys aren't as big of a fan of Komet as, as I am, but he, he does show up in the big games. Wait, you're a fan he of his? Would, he would be a huge, huge safety blanket for Mitch. And, you know, I, I personally think his size, he, he's one of the biggest tight ends. I think he's at like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. So he uh, ideally would be a good guy to pick up, but if there is a better option available – Unfortunately, my bias and love for Notre Dame will have to take a backseat. Yeah, I mean, can you actually elaborate? Do you know the circumference and length of Kolkomet's penis and how much of that do you think you could fit in your mouth? <laughs> hey, man, our, 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 Irish, our Irish coverage goes crazy, bro. Look for him to be on a podcast here at some point in the future. But if he lands on the Bears, I would love to have him on this podcast here. Ah, that'd be wonderful. Speaking of trying to get guys on our podcast, I actually write as Trey Roberson is actually his last name. It's not Robertson. I thought it was, um, but the, the, the cornerback that they just signed and that's another, I think, I mean, I don't want to digress too much because we'll get into this in further episodes, but I think that's another tell with him and Tolliver battling for that spot. Prince of Mukamara is good as gone. They're going to use that $9 million for something else. And there's a couple uh, free agents out there like Trey Waynes that are going to demand a little bit less money. But I think realistically they feel good about these two guys battling out in camp with Duke Shelley to see, you know what I mean? Like if, and Buster Scrine has actually played on the outside as well. So I feel like they're actually in pretty good shape at corner. Um, and a Mukamara, in my opinion, he's not as bad as people are saying. And he is, he gives you, you too. He satisfies your needs for that press corner, but he did uh, take a step back this year. Uh, and yeah, it's just $10 million, a lot of money to pay for that guy. He's getting older too. You know what I mean? Yeah. The number will become too high. Love the way he's played with us. Not as much this last year, but yeah, it's, it's a casualty that will definitely um, – we won't see it right away, but I think before training camp or even a little bit into training camp, he will be collecting his stuff out of his locker and looking for a new team to play for, unfortunately. 100%. And, I mean, with that cut, someone will sign him. He's not going to go unemployed. So, again, that will add into this whole consempatory draft pick formula. For way less, though. <laughs> yeah, for absolutely. And that there's also a possibility where they cut him – let him play the market and then sign him again for, you know, yeah. half the money. Yeah. That's what I was wondering too. 
You know, that's my train of thought right before you said that. Is I was like, man, maybe they do that. Maybe they test the waters of him coming back for three to four million dollars for a year just as a safety blanket, you know, as in case of injury depth type thing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they also have the possibility to do what they did with Long, where they restructure his deal in a way where it's it's a pay cut without saying it's a pay cut and kind of putting more money on the back end that's voidable um, for the next year. So there's a ton of things that could happen with Prince of Mukamara, but I think he's kind of, I think, I think that's it for him in Chicago. Um, and I like him. He's great. He's a uh, PA rep. He's very well-spoken and gets a lot of respect throughout the league, but you know, it's time to get younger. It's time to uh, turn over last year. There wasn't nearly as much turnover and a lot of fans thought that was a good thing. But as we found out, sometimes you got to shake things up and, and improve the roster in different ways. Um, but that about does it for us tonight. We are Bears on Tap. You could follow us on Twitter at Bears on Tap. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can go ahead and follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. Lucas is spelled with the C. We got Aaron and Brandon here. Aaron, what's your handle if people want to follow you? At Premier Amp. And Brandon, of course, we got Chief Keith. Hey, be down 300. My dread swinging in my profile picture. Bear down. Bear down, everybody. Crack them. And uh, we'll be back to you shortly. Thanks for listening, everybody.